Lord Jesus, today we're grateful that you have gathered us together in this place. You are so good to us. And I pray that we would find our rest in you. Lord Jesus, may we find our rest in the reality of what you have already accomplished for us in your death and in your resurrection. Lord, give us faith that we would cling to the cross of Jesus Christ and there find peace. Peace with you, knowing that our sins are forgiven because of what Jesus has done for us. And I pray that we would also find peace in our relationships with other people because of the peace that you have made for us. So Lord, I pray that you would teach us today about what it means to to live in you and to, to be one body in you. Open our hearts and our minds. I pray that you would dig into the deep parts of our hearts to find within me and within all of us those areas where we need to to repent of, of our sins so that once again we can be healed by you and find restoration in you. Lord, I pray that this message would be to your glory and to your honor. Lord, give me the words to preach. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, I I admit it today, I don't like conflict. I don't think that many of you here like conflict. When it's time for the family to choose a restaurant, what happens? Conflict. Conflict. One, One person wants to go out for Mexican, then everybody else Uh, who doesn't like Mexican, yells about how they don't like, want to go out for Mexican food. Conflict, conflict, you know how it goes. One person likes things one way, another person likes things another way. When you get married, you discover that the person you married has a different outlook on life. A completely different outlook on life. Uh, Different outlooks on housekeeping. I just like to leave my dirty clothes on the floor, but I found after I got married that my wife doesn't appreciate that. Different outlooks on housekeeping, on raising children, on budgeting, uh, you name it. When new neighbors move in that are different, maybe from a different culture or a different lifestyle, it can cause conflict. We moved into our neighborhood. We have four kids. We're a loud family. I don't think our neighbors were really expecting the noise that we produce when we moved into our neighborhood. And that can cause conflict. So we live, we live in a diverse community. There's a diversity of ethnicities, of lifestyles, political views, economic standing, and religion. A diversity within our neighborhood. And this diversity within the community can lead to conflict. Notice that one house during the election season had, had a Trump sign. And then the neighbor put up a Biden sign. And then the other neighbor put up two Trump signs. Then the other neighbor put up three Biden signs. Diversity of of opinions and views within the community. And diversity is, is nothing new. Nothing new. There was diversity in the ancient Roman city of Ephesus. And that diversity inevitably was reflected within that congregation. The early church in Ephesus was a diverse church. As the gospel was proclaimed, 
Not only Jews, but Gentiles came in to the body of Christ. People from all sorts of different backgrounds came to believe, and they were baptized. So can you imagine what that early church potluck supper was like? Gentiles would bring foods that were offensive. Uh, Gentiles would bring foods that were offensive to Jewish people. Maybe they brought a pork roast or some bacon. And pious Jews would stick their nose up to it. And the same thing, this diversity and this conflict within the church can happen even today. At an evangelism conference that I attended, uh, the, the presenter told the story of some ladies that had come to faith. And these ladies that had come to faith had a background within prostitution. And these ladies were so excited about their new faith. And they were so excited about what Jesus had done in and through them that they wanted to throw a party. So they set the date for the party. And they invited the whole church to come. And only two people from the church showed up. The pastor and his wife. That presenter at that evangelism conference said that those ladies were slowly frozen out of that congregation. Diversity. Diversity can cause conflict. People from various backgrounds and ethnicities and places in life. This is something that can happen within our church. So diversity is a reality in our community. And as we engage in Jesus' mission within our community, diversity will challenge our unity. This diversity will challenge our unity. Quickly fading are the days of a predominantly Scandinavian Maple Park Lutheran Brethren Church. As our congregation, as our community changes, our congregation will change. We'll begin to reflect our neighborhood as we reach out with the gospel of Jesus Christ to all sorts of different people. There are over 30 languages spoken in our community. Can you believe that? Over 30 languages spoken within our community. So unity in the church doesn't mean that we're all alike. We all come from different backgrounds. We all have different stories. What unites us isn't our earthly heritage, but our heavenly identity. It's not our earthly heritage which causes us to be united, but rather it's our identity in Jesus. So a biblical vision of the church should be a diverse body of believers. All ethnicities, all backgrounds, all economic standings, all united in Christ alone. Why? Do we do this so that we can be politically correct? No. We do it because it's a biblical mandate. It's the example given to us in Scripture. Unity. Doesn't mean we're all alike, but it means we have a common identity in Jesus. But with this diversity in the church comes every opportunity for disunity. You see, the devil is going to take those things which cause us in an earthly sense to be different, to cause us to be uh, ununited and to have conflict within the body. 
So I invite you to stand as we read together from Ephesians chapter 2, 11 through 22. Here the Apostle Paul writes, Therefore remember that at one time you Gentiles in the flesh called the uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision, which is made in the flesh by hands, remember that you are at that time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Now listen to this, for he himself, Jesus himself, is our peace, who has made us both one. Jesus made both Jew and Gentile one. And he is the one who has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances that he might create in himself one new man, Jew and Gentile, one new man in the place of the two, so making peace, and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. And he came and he preached peace to you who are far off, and peace to those who were near, For through him we both have access in one spirit to the Father. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole structure is being joined together, grows into a holy temple in the Lord, And in him, you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. So here within within the Ephesian church, you had this diversity, Jew and Gentile, these Gentiles from all sorts of different pagan backgrounds brought together, living in Christ as one. An unreal unbelievable diversity of people brought together in that Ephesian church to live as one in Christ. So I have a diagram here that I want to use to illustrate this point. So this diagram helps us to understand how Jesus is our peace, how Jesus is our peace. We are in Christ. You who believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, you are in Christ. Through the blood of Jesus Christ, you have peace with God. You have peace with God. So it's the cross of Jesus, it's the blood of Jesus that unites us to God in which we have a relationship with God. So it's through the cross that we have peace with God, but it's also through the cross that we have peace with one another. So there's this, <clears throat> there's this vertical peace With God, but there's also this horizontal peace that comes through our relationship with Jesus Christ. So, number one, Jesus is our peace. This is my first point today. Jesus is our peace. Where is peace found? It's found at the cross of Jesus Christ. 
your peace, your peace with God and your peace with others is grounded in an historic reality that was completed 2,000 years ago. And if you have no peace in your life, no peace with God, and no peace with your brothers and sisters in Christ, I urge you to cling to the cross of Jesus, to trust in him, to trust in Christ, because the only place you can find peace is in Jesus, and he is the prince of peace. He is the one who brings Jew and Gentile and people of all sorts of ethnicities and diversities together to be one in Christ. So Jesus is our peace. And one way that God brought about that peace was through something that surprised the apostles. As many of you remember the story of Peter on the roof and he fell into a trance and he saw a vision of a sheep come down and all sorts of unclean animals the Jews are not allowed to eat were presented to him and then a voice said, get up and eat. So Jesus also, number two, Jesus abolished the Old Testament ordinances. And through the abolishment of these Old Testament ordinances, that which uh, put a dividing wall between Jew and Gentile was removed. So number two, Jesus abolished the Old Testament ordinances so that Jew and Gentile could be united as one. And then number three, Jesus killed hostility between people. So he's our peace. He killed, uh, he abolished the Old Testament ordinances. And number three, Jesus killed hostility between people. But the problem is this, that we aren't living in that reality. We're not living in the reality that Jesus, through the cross, killed hostility between people. Instead of living in what Jesus has already killed through his death on the cross, we're trying to resurrect our old hostile ways again. Racism. Politicism, saying derogatory things about those who vote differently or hold to different political views. Looking down upon those who may not be as educated as you are, or as cultured as you'd like them to be. The problem is, is that we're choosing to resurrect hostility. We're choosing to bring back hostility when Christ has killed hostility. We're not living in the peace that was won for us through the cross of Jesus. Instead, we're living in conflict. We're trying to resurrect that hostility which Jesus killed. So Jesus, he's our peace. Jesus abolished the Old Testament ordinance. He removed that barrier that divided Jew and Gentile. Now they could bring pork roast to the church potluck and both Jew and Gentile could participate together. Abolished the Old Testament ordinance. Jesus killed hostility between people. And then number four, Jesus builds his church. Jesus builds his church. We cannot attain, and I want you to, uh, to hear this clearly. We cannot attain unity by our own effort. 
The unity of the church is really a mystery. Theologians call it a a sacramental unity. And the reason they call it a sacramental unity is the word sacrament is actually taken from a Latin word which means mystery. So the, the, the unity of a church really is a mystery. How can we, a diverse group of people, be united as one? Well, it's something that Jesus does. Jesus builds his church. He can take Democrats and Republicans. He can take people of all different ethnicities and join them together in one body. And it happens by means of his word. His word is what unites us. His word is what grounds us. So once again, we go back to the word. How are we connected to Christ? How do we find unity? It's in the word. It's in the word. As Christ meets us in his word, he connects us to Christ through his word. And as we are a people grounded in the word, we're grounded in Christ. We're grounded in the reality of the cross. We're in the blood of Jesus. And when we're there, we cannot help but be united no matter what we face in this life or what conflict may arise in this life. And did you know that we're not always going to agree on everything, right, as a church? That would be really weird if we actually all agreed on everything all the time. That'd actually be a little creepy, right? (laughs) What unites us isn't our unanimity. It's not that we're unanimous on every decision. What unites us is our identity in Jesus. And we love one another so deeply because of what Christ has done for us that when one of us suffers, we all suffer. When one of us rejoices, we all rejoice. Look around. Look around. Do you love one another? Do you care for one another? Why is there this love and this care and this concern? It's not something that we produced. It's something that Jesus has given to us. We love one another, we care for one another, we suffer with one another, we rejoice with one another because of this mysterious unity that Jesus has built within the body of Christ. And we love one another. Why? Because Jesus first loved us. And he gave himself as a sacrifice for our sins. So church unity doesn't mean that we're all alike. We all come from different backgrounds. We all have different stories. What unites us isn't our earthly heritage, but it's our heavenly identity. Your identity is in Christ. So a biblical vision of church unity should be a diverse body of believers People from all sorts of different backgrounds, maybe even some people who have come out of a lifestyle uh, that, that we don't approve of. Entering into our church, receiving Christ, 
being given a new life in Christ. So a biblical vision of church unity should be a diverse body of believers, all ethnicities, all backgrounds, all economic standings, all united in Christ alone. Let us pray together. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity that we have had together. Thank you, Lord, for helping me to preach the sermon today. Lord, today I, I stand in your strength, not on my own strength, and I pray that as a congregation we would do the same. That we wouldn't try to manufacture something that we're incapable of, of creating, but that we would simply cling to Jesus, that we would cling to your word. And that in clinging to you, you would give to us that gift of a diverse congregation, reaching a diverse community, being united in our heavenly identity. We pray for this in the name of Jesus. We plead for this. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.